Bedford's News Talk Station. 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Thanks, everybody, and a very special good morning on this Sunday. I say special, Ray, because this is quite the weekend that I know is very, very meaningful to you especially. And good morning. Great to see you as always. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. This is the day when it's really important to... Remember those who died in the service of the country or who served in the country and died. Uh, This is the day that we remember veterans in particular who have died. Veterans Day in the fall, by the way, is for veterans of all kinds, living, dead, and so forth, still serving. Um, But Memorial Day is particularly unique because it's the time of year when we remember and we take time to remember so when you're going out to watch a parade this weekend, it's not just a fun event to take your children and your grandchildren to. Yeah. This is a time when we pay tribute to those who served in the, in the military or served their country in some other capacity. So good morning, good Sunday morning. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're pleased to help you protect your family and protect your money. That's what we do, and you can reach us at 508-998-8858. Phil, this morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this morning we have two very special guests with us. First, we have on my right, who's a little bit shorter than I am, that's my lovely wife, (laughs) attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, Tenny. By the way, Tenny is a certified veteran specialist, Mm -hmm. which means she knows lots and lots about the information, uh, but she doesn't, um, she's not able to charge any fee for that kind of service. We all have also have with us this morning uh, my good friend, my Masonic brother, my brother who served in the Navy, uh, James Cochran, Jim Cochran. Uh, Jim is the uh, veterans agent in the town of Fairhaven. Actually, your title is Director of Veterans Services. Is that correct? Actually, it's both because I'm the only one except for the admin secretary. So I have both the uh, title of Director of Veterans Services veterans agent, veteran service officer, and burial officer. So. Wow, that's amazing. Well, first of all, I know you served in the United States Navy. I did. And you were in the Navy about the same time that I served in the Marines. You served from 1963 to 1966. And I know you were a petty officer, second class, E-5 electrician's mate. Correct. And I was a sergeant E-5. Oh. So oh. you may not know, Jim, we are of equal rank. If we, yes, we are. <laughs> But welcome and thank you for your service. Thank in the you, Navy. Ray. Thank you for coming and good morning, Phil and Tenny. Pleasure, pleasure to be here. I, I have to mention also, Jim, that um, those of us who served in the Marines also have a great deal of pride in the Navy because the Marines are, in fact, a branch of the United States Navy. Yes, a that's department, correct. if you will. It's um, the land forces of the Navy. That's correct. Yep. Um, but we won't talk about who does what kinds of things. <laughs> we just we all serve, don't we? We do. <laughs> And thank you for your service, and thank you for your present service. Jim, you have an interesting background as well. I know you have a a master's degree in criminal justice from Anna Maria College, Um, and uh, you uh, went to uh, SMU, is that correct? UMass Dartmouth, yes. Yep, Uh you went to UMass Dartmouth, Mm -hmm. and um, you serve, as I said, as director of veteran service, but you also worked for the 
Bristol County Sheriff's Department for a long time, didn't you? I did. I retired after 21 years. Hmm. Well, we're glad to have you here on this special weekend. You know, Phil, the studio is unusually warm this morning. I'm not sure why, but... Um, we'll... I, I, I think it's because of your hot wife. <laughs> How you like that, Teddy? Huh? I was thinking it was because of your hot air. <laughs> she has hot pink... <laughs> No, it's not right. I don't quite know how to. Well, you have a hot pink. I see. Wonderful color on, and I think that's why it's warm. <laughs> well, well said. All meant as a compliment. <laughs> well, well spoken is often well said, or is it the other way around? <laughs> well, thank you uh, for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, as I mentioned earlier, is the time of year when we. Remember, and I'm not going to go into a huge history, but there's some really interesting facts about Memorial Day that I've uh, discovered in the past. Um, Memorial Day began as something called Decoration Day right after the American Civil War in 1868. That's correct. That's when General Logan's uh, Order Number 11 was issued. And um, Memorial Day, again, is not to be confused with Veterans Day, which is in the fall, November 11th. Memorial Day is a day of remembering the men and women who died while serving, and uh, while Veterans Day celebrates everyone who served in the military, living or deceased. But uh, shortly after the Civil War, around 1865, before it was declared to be a holiday, uh, it was observed in Charleston, South Carolina. There's a little bit of controversy about this. But this is a really interesting fact that I found most fascinating when I was looking at the history of Memorial Day. Um, missionaries, teachers, and black residents of Charleston organized a May Day ceremony in 1865. It was covered by the New York Tribune and other national papers. And the freed black slaves, the freedmen, cleaned up and landscaped the burial ground uh, where a lot of the veterans of the Civil War were buried and about 10,000 people showed up on May 1st of that year, 1865. And so there's a gentleman who wrote about it at the time, an article, David Blight was his name, and he said, this was the first Memorial Day. African Americans invented Memorial Day in Charleston, South Carolina. And I found that to be an interesting piece of the history of this. Were they cleaning up the graves of... Uh, Everyone. Confederates as well as... yes. Oh, interesting. All those who were buried in Charleston. Um, but the evidence of exactly how that transpired is still a little sketchy, so that in May of 1966, uh, President Lyndon Johnson signed a presidential proclamation, and he declared a, a town in Waterloo, New York, as the birthplace of Memorial Day. So as with many things, a lot of people claim different things. And, Jim, I think you said that there were about six or eight towns and cities across the country that claimed to be the first place for Memorial Day. There's no less than six. Uh, the first documented Memorial Day uh, activity was actually in 1862 when Confederate widows decorated a lot of the Confederate graves down south. Uh, it started in Savannah, Georgia. In 1865, the incident that you're, you're referring to, the way that started was the freedmen knew that there were a lot of buried Union uh, prisoners of war that had died in the prison camps, and they were mm -hmm. all buried in a mass grave. And the freedmen went in and cleaned it up and made it a memorial to them. And they actually called the Civil War the Second Revolutionary War for Freedom. 
at that time. Interesting. Yeah. Or what do the Southerners call it at the time, the war for northern aggression or something like that? They certainly did. <laughs> Not the war for northern aggression, the war of northern, northern aggression. <laughs> Tenney's a great Civil War buff as well. Oh. And, uh, but in any event, uh, as, as early as 1868, 27 states, uh, 183 cemeteries across the country begin to adopt this Decoration Day event or Memorial Day event as we now know it. So a long history in this country, and we still celebrate it today. And, Tenny, I know today, uh, besides the uh, veterans' events and the military events and the parades and things that take place, it's also a time of year when a lot of people go out and take the trouble to decorate and clean up the graves for their own family members, isn't it? Yes, pretty much. Um, there, are, there are lots of um, different kinds of... Uh, events that happen at cemeteries. As Jim knows, Jim goes out and, or his volunteers go out and place flags on the graves of uh, deceased veterans. Is that right? And many, many families go, as my family does, to decorate graves of their family members on this weekend. So it's a time of remembrance. And as we take the time to have cookouts and go to the beach when the weather's nice and visit parades, we need to take time to remember why we're celebrating Memorial Day in the first place, don't we? That's an interesting factoid. In the in the good old days, uh, especially in the South, Declaration Day or Remembrance Day was held on different dates. Mm. And it was a time for family to come together, uh, recognize the dead, decorate the graves, have religious services in the graveyard, and then they would have meals and festivities the rest of the day. Uh, picnic lunches and such. Sometimes I wonder if that's where the term potluck supper came from. This, uh, they're always bringing in food, and it's just a day of remembrance and family gatherings. So it is a very important day to be together with your family, absolutely, and enjoy any time you can with family and friends. But take 30 seconds, take a minute, visit a grave, and remember when you're watching the parades and you see the veterans marching by, that's the purpose of the parade. It's for Memorial Day. You know, there have been some other interesting traditions that have been adopted over the years. Uh, for example, um, poppies. The wearing of poppies is something that originated actually out of World War I. And um, there was a very famous poem written in Flanders Field. And, Phil, I'm going to ask you to read that in just a moment. But I just want to remind people that um, there was a Canadian lieutenant colonel uh, McCray was his name, and John McCray, and he saw what remained after a battle in World War I. I'm going to get some more specifics in a minute. But when he woke up and realized after the battle that he was looking at all these beautiful poppies, he was amazed by the contrast of the dead lying in the fields and all these beautiful poppies that were blooming around them. And he wrote down, and the handwritten draft that he wrote uh, still exists today, and he wrote In Flanders Field. And we read that every year on Memorial Day. And, Phil, I'm going to ask if you would mind reading In Flanders Field by Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, who was a Canadian officer in the Great War of 1914-1918. I'd love to. And uh, before I do, 
I always thought of this image of, you know, tombstone after white tombstone, row after row after row. But uh, one of the book covers shows Flanders Fields as some very simple wooden crosses scattered here, there, with lots of poppies all over the place. And that, I think, is a perfect backdrop mm. for this epic poem. Indeed. Do you remember what the uh, British did last year at Buckingham Palace, I believe? They put out uh, poppies for everyone who was killed in probably the First World War, but maybe all wars. All wars. And it uh, became this vast field around Buckingham Palace that was really very large, very moving uh, tribute that they they did. They were made of glass, Timmy. Yeah. So it was this massive glass display of poppies, glass poppies, to commemorate all the British war did. Hmm. And this, as you say, Ray, is uh, an epic poem by John McRae, May 1915, in Flanders Fields. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. Thank you, Phil. Very nicely done. It's an important poem. Um, It's a very famous poem. And if you happen to see veterans, agents, American Legion um, representatives in front of stores and so forth selling the poppies, Buy a poppy, make a contribution, they'll give you a poppy to wear, and wear it proudly because you're commemorating those who have served and those who have died in the service of the country. So Memorial Day, uh, there are a lot of interesting events that are taking place. Uh, For example, Tenny, I believe you can mention that there's some parades that are taking place on Memorial Day, today being Sunday, and tomorrow, Monday, being Memorial Day, there are some activities that you should take part in, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, please um, think about going to these events. It is your way of honoring those who have served our country. Um, The biggest ones that I know of in the area are the New Bedford Parade, which uh, marches from New Bedford High School to Klasky Park, I believe down Union Street usually is the route. And the Dartmouth Parade steps off at 9.30 from Aponagansett Beach comes across the bridge where they throw a, uh, a wreath in memory um, and then continue on up Elm Street all the way to Town Hall, and they read the Gettysburg Address at the cemetery, I believe, or maybe at Town Hall itself. By the way, Dartmouth has done a wonderful thing this year. If you drive up Elm Street, you will see on all the telephone poles special flags commemorating those from Dartmouth who died in the military. 
There are pictures of these folks. Um, not all the flagpoles have pictures, the ones that don't have flags. Um, so it's a wonderful tribute. Please take a moment to drive up and pay your respect to these people. And um, so is that the list of the parades that are taking place locally? Well, those are the larger ones. I know that most every community has some sort of a ceremony one way or the other. Yes. Okay. Uh, Fairhaven does have a very large parade. It was to kick off at 8.30 a.m. on south, the corner of South and Union Street, mm -hmm. make its way to the high school to raise the large flag, and then go to Riverside Cemetery, where General Logan's number order number 11 would be read. And there's a list of names of all those uh, Fairhavenites or people connected to Fairhaven that have passed away since last Memorial Day. And this year, it's about 80. 80 people have passed. Wow. That's so amazing. all those names, and wow. ranks, and branch of service are read. Mm. Wow. So if you have a chance, not only see the parade, but see the ceremonies that take mm. place after the parades. And by the way, I'm going to mention that in the um, uh, Fairhaven parade this year, the uh, Marine Corps League uh, has a contingent that's marching. And they also have a float um, commemorating Iwo Jima. I did not realize that was in this parade again this year. Yep. That's wonderful. Right. And, and that's a live float. It's a live float. Yes. With actual guys holding up the flag. And I, I said to uh, our son Peter, who has been very active in the Marine Corps League, I said, must get awfully tiring being in those crouched positions holding the flag. He said, yeah, they, they switch off and take turns every once in a while because that would be very tiring. Apparently, they're going to be both in Fairhaven and New Bedford. All right. That's why we've changed the start date of our parade, 830, so that they can make both parades. So I'm happy they're doing that. So the Fairhaven parade is early this year. 830. Uh, Lineup is 8 o'clock. Kickoff is 830. 830, it kicks off. And then in uh, New Bedford, it kicks off or steps off at 11 o'clock. So you can actually see both parades if you'd like to. So it takes some time to do that. Um, I know there are other things that are taking place. I know that the Marine Corps League in this particular weekend uh, has been doing some fundraisers to raise funds for the Marine Corps League. But uh, take the time to participate in one of these events. And you know, Phil and Jim and Tenny, one of the things that I always like to remind people, and they do this at Patriots game, is when they do the Star Spangled Banner, when the flags go by, uh, they tell everybody to rise and remove your caps. And it's amazing if you don't remind people to do that, that they don't. So not for every little flag that goes by, but for the color guards with the larger flags that are marching by. When those flags go by, uh, it's customary, it's patriotic, and to take your hats off. And it's also a reminder that these flags are going by. Um, Jim, there's some other things that are happening in the area as well. I know um, for veterans housing, we have the new veterans housing complex in Dartmouth, which is the old state police barracks. Right. And it looks like that's going to open up sometime in June or hopefully it will. Yes. Early July. Mm -hmm. And that's important. That's needed. Um, but there are many, many organizations. Um, I heard that there's something called a Revolutionary War encampment in Fairhaven. Correct. At Fort Phoenix. Right. Um, that's a two-day historical event. Um, that's actually on uh, Saturday, yesterday, and Sunday today at Fort Phoenix. Uh, do you know anything about that event? Very little. I don't participate in that anymore, but okay. they do set up a camp. They're in colonial garb. They're cooking over open fires, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just a picture of 18th century America, and it's really a great thing to see. 
I, I participated in those, but most of mine were done in Rhode Island. I was a member of the uh, uh, Dragoons unit, the Fife and Drum Corps, and we did a lot of those, especially in Fairhaven. We, we, we put on shows in Fairhaven. Were you, were you in costume also? Oh, yes. Yeah, colonial costume. I would have liked to have seen that, Jim. Yeah, well, then uh, I had some hair then, but I used to wear a wig, a red wig, a dark red wig that went down past my shoulders. Wow. And being six foot three, I had got a lot of looks. You know? <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, uh, those are fun kinds of things. Um, Tenny, there's also something taking place at the uh, New Bedford Civil War Roundtable is doing something. I believe this weekend. Lots and lots of events. Yes. Uh, the Roundtable is having events on Saturday, May 28th. And the first one, uh, we, we will have missed that one by the, the time of this um, broadcast, but the, the Saturday one was uh, a Civil War commemoration. And um, at 11 o'clock on that same day, they held a... Um, a tribute at St. Mary's Cemetery. So, yes, lots of things that have gone on or are about to. And one last reminder, um, as Tanny mentioned, in the town of Dartmouth, if you drive down Elm Street from where the police station is down into Peyton Aram Village, you'll see these wonderful banners that have been put up to uh, commemorate, commemorate fallen heroes. And I didn't even know that it was going to be up there. And I drove down there about a week ago and I just drove as slow as I could. I was trying to read all these signs going down the street. It was really interesting. It's everything from um, 34 veterans in Dartmouth lost their lives in World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Operation Iraqi Freedom, uh, and other events of that nature. 34 individual photographs or signs. Uh, it's quite impressive. Um, and I guess it'll come down probably sometime after. I don't know what the plan is, whether it's to leave them up or not, but I assume they'll take them down. It has the names of the veteran and what uh, service they were in. Typically, they're in uniform as well, and then what conflict they served in. So just a really nice commemoration. Drive down Elm Street and take a look at that. Jim, I was always interested in um, what the veterans do at cemeteries, and you were talking about that a little bit earlier before our show began. Uh, how many flags do you folks put out, and who does that? There's close to f close to 1,500 veterans buried in Fairhaven. We do have four cemeteries. The American Legion is the spearhead behind placing the flags on the graves, and I make all the maps uh, all year long. I work on the maps, the plot maps, to make sure that no one is missed. Uh, duplicate those for the flagging day, which is always the Thursday before Memorial Day. And we get a large group of people out, split up, and we flag each grave, each uh, veteran's grave. And it, it's really a nice thing to do. There's a lot of camaraderie. And, and uh, in a way, I know it's a solemn occasion, but in a way, it's sort of a fun to get everybody out and get them involved. You know, so it's, it's pretty good. I know, I know when, go ahead. Excuse me. I know when I do the graves of our family, which are all up in the Worcester area, um, most of the graves have these... Um, stands into which the flag is placed. The flag holder, yes. And uh, if a grave does not have one of those, how do they get those? We just put them in the ground. You oh, you, how, how do you how do you get the holders? Yes. You can buy those online through the American Legion. You can get them. There's a, a banner shop in New Bedford on Forest Street where you can get them. 
Uh, I would recommend Brewer Banner. Brewer Banner. I would recommend stay away from the bronze and get the plastic ones that look like bronze because Mm -hmm. a couple years ago we had tons of them stolen. And so be very careful what you put out there because if you put anything out there that's that's valuable, metallic valuable, it's going to disappear. So uh, we we use the uh, plastic ones now. They're heavy duty. They last. They're they're pretty nice. That's good to know where to get them. I don't think I've ever seen one on your grandfather's grave in Worcester, for example, and he served in World War One. So I'm not sure if well, the Legion a, is still taking care of. A lot of people aren't using those anymore. Uh, for one reason or another, mm. uh, you'll see the way the de- graves are decorated now. There's a lot of perennial flowers, and and uh, the flag just goes in among those flowers. But if you really want one, you can get them through the American Legion online or or uh, through a banner. We're going to take a short break, ladies and gentlemen, and come right back uh, and talk more about some veterans' benefits and programs that are available to help veterans or widows or widowers of veterans. And we'd like you to stay tuned, and uh, we'll give you some very valuable information about how you can help veterans. We'll be right back. Hmm. <clears throat> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We would like to show you and your family how we can help protect you and help protect your money. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. Thank you for sharing some time with us this Sunday morning, the day before Memorial Day, a very proud day in this country. Take some time to thank a veteran for their service or to visit the grave or to take part in watching the parades, but take part in the ceremonies at the end of the parades also. Uh, You'll learn something, your children will learn something, that it's not just about watching a, a parade, which is a lot of fun, but it's about remembering those who served in the country, who served our country, and who died uh, in service. So Memorial Day is a very important holiday for us. It's a day for family. It's a day for veterans. And, you know, there's so much we need to do for veterans. I, I want to come back very briefly and pick up on something you mentioned, Jim, that a lot of the bronze flag holders for flags on veterans' graves were stolen that's really a very sad commentary on our times that somebody would have so little respect for the veterans, for the graves, you know, that they would steal those items. That's it, really, it's disheartening. It very much is. Yeah, it's disheartening, but sign of the times, you have to sort of go with the flow, as they say, and uh, I, I would recommend sticking to the heavy-duty plastic ones. You know. Well, let's, um, let's talk about some veterans' programs and veterans' of, uh, shelters and so forth. We have in uh, New Bedford the Veterans Transition House. One of the things that uh, we've done, uh, Tenny and I, on a rotating basis, will bring uh, food and pastries and things like that for our church on a Sunday morning. Uh, we take turns. We have different assignments. It works out to, I think, about once every three months or something like that. And what I always do when there's a lot of stuff left over that makes it worthwhile is I gather it up, I put it in my trunk, and I take it down to the Veterans Transition House. And I've done that three or four times. The other thing that I've done on at least two occasions when we brought surplus food, if you will, down to the Veterans Transition House, number one, I make sure I'm wearing my Marine Corps hat so that they know that's why I'm there to thank them and to help them. But on two of those occasions, I've also brought along one of my grandsons, first uh, one when he was probably around 11, and then the younger one recently, who's nine, 
and I make them help me carry it in. I explain why we're doing that that there, and they have a little sense of pride also when they're bringing in some food to help. So do remember that you can donate food and you can donate clothing and you can do things to help the veterans in the Veterans Transition House. Where is that house, Ray? It's on uh, Willis Street in New Bedford. It goes run, runs right down into Purchase Street, and you can see it right from Purchase Street. Uh, I think it's one way down. It is. and But it's easy to park. I've never had any difficulty parking right in front. They're always very grateful, and uh, you can help them. So the Veterans Transition House is an important um, organization that helps homeless and at-risk veterans. Uh, recently, I had something interesting happen. Uh, Tenny and I and some other folks in the office did some seminars on estate planning and financial planning and retirement planning. And it was up in the Pembroke area. Um, and there was a gentleman sitting in the front row. He was a little on the thin side, and he just looked terribly grumpy. I mean, he just didn't look friendly at all. And I thought, well, this is not a friendly person to have in the front row in my audience as I'm talking. But I told my stories and my background, and one of the stories I tell is when I first went into Marine Corps boot camp and what a difference that made in my life. And at the end of the seminar, he just said something casually, so I had a conversation with him, engaged in him in conversation. It turns out he wasn't angry. He was very interested in everything we were saying that day. But he served in the Army. He served in Vietnam. Uh, one month before his tour of duty was up in Vietnam, uh, he was wounded and had to be medevaced out by helicopter. And so he obviously has the Purple Heart. But he clearly has some post-traumatic stress syndrome. And we talked about that a little bit and the fact that a lot of the old baggage you still carry with you. So a lot of the veterans need help. And anything we can do to help them is important. And I know, uh, Jim, in your office and what you do as veterans agent in Fairhaven, you do a lot with uh, widows and spouses and children as well. And I think a lot of times people are not aware of programs that are available to them. So what are some of the kinds of benefits that people could be entitled to that they may not know about? One of our our biggest programs is what we refer to as a Chapter 115 program. That program helps veterans, widows, and in some cases children, depending on the age and the circumstances, with uh, monetary aid and medical aid. And this is designed for people who have a very low income. And we can sign them up, go through all the procedures. It doesn't take that long. It takes about an hour. I get all the documents from them, sign them up, and then we can give them a stipend each month, plus pay 100% of their medical benefits. So what might be a typical amount of a stipend, for example? Depends on your income. Uh, if you have a very low Social Security income, we may, we may be able to give four, five, dollars $600 a month. Mm-hmm. If and you that have, Chapter 115 program is a state program? That's a state it? program out of Boston, the Department of Veterans Services. It's, it's mandatory. It's a mandatory program. It's right? mandatory by law. Every we're the only town. we're the only state that has a Chapter One Fifteen program. We're the only state that has a veterans agent in every city and town hall. Mm. So Massachusetts is the forerunner and has been since the end of the Civil War. 
Well, that's really good to hear. I imagine you must see a lot of people who don't realize that they have benefits uh, to which they're entitled. You'd be surprised. You know, that's why Jane uh, Jane Bettencourt is the admin assistant, and mm-hmm. we're always out advocating and, and explaining about veterans' benefits. That's probably why we have such a large caseload. Most towns our size have 15, 20 cases. We have over 100 people collecting benefits in Fairhaven. Well, the good thing is we ha- the town pays the benefits, but uh, when the paperwork is uh, submitted to Boston, we get 75% of that money back. From the state budget. Absolutely. So we're not spending a lot of money in Fairhaven. You know, I have a million-dollar budget, but we get 75% of that back. I didn't realize that the towns contributed to that. I thought the it town, was all state. The town pays in front, up front. They pay the whole amount, and then each month I fill out the pro- appropriate paperwork with the documentation, send it to Boston, then every three months the town will reimburse whatever we've spent for that, that period. Great. Well, I think it's important periodically to remind everybody listening that if it weren't for the uh, service of our veterans, we wouldn't be living in the country we're living in today. That's right. That's right. Tenny, you're a certified veteran specialist. I, I know that one of the things you do every time you're meeting with, say, a husband or wife, uh, you try to find out if somebody served in the military service and make sure that they can get all the benefits they're entitled to. So you get into that also, don't you? Yes. And uh, the program that I have been most uh, active in advocating for people to investigate is something called aid and attendance, which is a form of a pension program. Um, And most people don't know about this, and it isn't for everyone, but it can be extremely helpful, particularly for those who may want to stay and be cared for at home or if they wish to go into assisted living and stay out of nursing homes. So that's an important program. Um, I I usually, because... um, I don't uh, deal with the forms themselves, recommend that these folks go and see their local veterans agent. I don't know if you have had people referred to you, Jim, for that. We have a lot of people referred to us. I do quite a few pensions and compensations. Uh, We receive referrals from the VA VA itself, a council on aging, housing uh, units, uh, Fairhaven Housing sends a lot to us. So we, we have people all over the place that's sending us people that we may be able to help. Uh, but once once I have to go through all the uh, criteria before I can really decide if we can help them. Mm-hmm. Teddy, what's your phone number? Our office is 508-998-8800. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, and that is... Uh, sort of across from Vanity Fair and or the law school. And you can look for the Marine Corps flag flying out front for an identification mark, right? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, there are so many programs available for veterans, and that's an important part of this program today. I just learned recently about a program called CHAMP VA, C-H-A-M-P as in CHAMP, and VA for uh, veterans, I guess, at, at the end, CHAMPVA. And I learned about it because I talked to a friend of mine who lives in Florida, and she's married to a a veteran who was in Vietnam, 100% disabled, and she's over the age of 65, and is replacing a good chunk of her private health insurance for a cost of $65 a month, and she has no more deductibles or anything else. 
So I, I believe what you have to do is if you're over 65, you have to sign up for Medicare first. So Medicare would pick up that component of health. But then it sounds like the CHAMP VA program after that. We have a good uh, fact sheet and worksheet on that. If anybody wants a copy, um, you have to be, it looks like, 65 years of age and older. And the, the veteran uh, that you are related to, let's say it was a husband, is typically either deceased or 100% disabled, which is why that category of being 100% disabled can be very important. Then you have to apply for it. Um, but I suspect a lot of people are not familiar with this program. And if anybody wants a copy of the sheet, they can contact Tenny at her office or me at my office. Or Jim, you also have the same sheet. I do. And would be happy to provide that. Um, there are lots and lots of things that are available to veterans, um, including education programs. And if you have a veteran in your family, if you are a veteran, just ask them the simple question. Have you ever gone down to check and find out what benefits you might be entitled to? You've served. You're entitled. Uh, if you served during conflict periods of time, I guess there are different kinds of programs that you can be entitled to as well. So like if you served during the Vietnam era, you didn't have to necessarily be in Vietnam, but you served during Correct. the era. Correct. You can still qualify for some of those. I had a gentleman who had served in the Air Force and went to one of my seminars when I was doing a seminar on Social Security, and he said, I'm not eligible for Social Security because I don't have enough quarters that I worked. And he said, but I'm not sure that they counted the time that I served in the Air Force. And I said, did you pay into Social Security when you are in the Air Force? He just said, yes, I did. So I said, well, here's what you do. Uh, take a copy of your military discharge form. You served four years, DD-214. Bring it down to the Social Security office and have them check and make sure that they have that record as part of your history. And they did not. So they can very quickly go into the computer, pull up his information, plug it in, and it turned out with the addition of his Air Force years that were missing from Social Security, he now had enough quarters and he could get a Social Security check. Yeah, that would be 16 quarters that they were missing. Yep. Yeah. So um, don't assume that because you think you haven't served enough time uh, working and paying into Social Security, if you also served in the military, you might want to check that out. So the benefits are, are available to you if you are entitled to them. Make sure you ask the questions and find out. Uh, visit uh, Jim Cochran if you live in Fairhaven. Um, and uh, what's your phone number in Fairhaven, Jim? Our office phone number is 508-979-4024, extension 114. Okay, and um, Tenny, as we also said, people can get in touch with you. If you have any questions about any of the veterans' benefits, I personally am not an expert on veterans' benefits, but Jim certainly is. The veterans' agents in your city or town are. Uh, Tenny is. There's lots of good ways to get information, and uh, make sure you do that. Um, you know, we still have a, a significant veterans' homeless problem in this country, so... I'm glad that the uh, house in Dartmouth is coming online, the former state police barracks. Um, how many people are going to be served by that house? Do you know? I don't know how many beds are going to be there, no. I don't either. Well, um, make sure when you support veterans that you do it in a way that you know what you're doing. Um, I'm not going to talk about politics today, like, you know, monies that have been raised in various political campaigns, because I think that we don't want to mix the seriousness of Memorial Day uh, with 
other people who may have donated money to the veterans or claim that they have donated money. But you know what? If you're going to support the veterans, do it in a logical way. And um, sh share something. Give, give something. Give some money to the Veterans Transition House. They have a budget to support as well. Uh, take a close look at the political candidates and find out where do they stand on veterans' benefits and veterans' rights. Uh, I guess that's about as non-political as I can make it. Is that that's, that sounds good to me? Sounds, sounds good, Jim. <laughs> Ray, uh, you haven't done any quotes so far. Today. No, um, this is a day when we don't want to give a lot of quotes. But I do have one from uh, Gary Hart. He was a United States senator. He ran for president, and he said, "I think there is one higher office than president, and I would call that a patriot." And I think that's probably the best thing that Gary Hart ever said. Uh, he had a little bit of a checkered history, but it was a great <laughs> quotation. Um, but we do need to support those who have served. I think I read recently, Jim, and I don't know if you can know this information or not, that only about 1% of our population serves in the military. I think it's a fairly low number. It's a very low number. I'm not sure if 1% is correct, but it is a very low number. You know, uh, so that sounds about right. Be, yeah. be honest with you. Keep that in mind, also, ladies and gentlemen, that the people who are helping you maintain and support your freedoms—well, uh, I guess you could say they're one in a hundred, right? You could put it that way too. So do something to support them. Well, Memorial Day is a, is a very important day, and um, Tenny, do you have any particular stories that you might want to share about veterans that have been in your office? Um, I've seen many, many situations where I always ask somebody who comes to see me, uh, did you serve in the military? What branch do you serve in? And the first thing I always do is thank them for their service and congratulate them for their service. Well, yes, we have um, many people who come in, and they're always impressed when they come in the door, first of all, to have seen the flag flying out front, both flags, the American and the Marine Corps, uh, and then to come in and see the pictures that we have on the wall of you, Ray, and your father and grandfather and our son, Peter, and the ribbons that your father had um, that we proudly display on the wall, including his Purple Heart. Um, I always ask people who are concerned about how they're going to f pay for the care of elderly folk uh, if they have been a veteran because... It is possible that they could be helped by the aid and attendance program, and I always encourage them to investigate it. I know it's not any easier than uh, trying to get on Medicaid, but uh, nevertheless, it's something that they are entitled to if they are a disabled or wounded veteran uh, or served in the war time. Um, the service times, by the way, people are often curious about that. And there is a World War II era that goes from December 7th of 1941 all the way through December 31st, 1946. And then the Korean conflict uh, that goes from June 27th, 1950 through January 31st of 1955. The Vietnam era, which goes from August 5th, 1964 to May 7th, 1975, with uh, a, a small exception to that, which I won't talk about. Uh, and now the Gulf War, which goes from August 2nd to, of 1990 to uh, a yet-to-be-determined end date 
And so people say, well, no, I didn't serve in the war. That may be the case, but if you served during a wartime, you may be eligible for these benefits. So investigate them. Find your DD-214. I've come to know that designation pretty well. Uh, and go and speak with a veterans agent. And by the way, I also mentioned, and you may want to comment on this, Jim, I, I've seen a lot of people who have a service-connected disability, and it may be 20% or 40% or something like that, but then as they get a little bit older, they have more issues and symptoms. It could be a loss of hearing, for example, and they can go back, and it's, it's a torturous process, but you can go through the VA, and you can have the percentage of your VA disability status upgraded. Absolutely. I have a former Marine Corps friend right now who's 80% uh, disabled, but he's got more and more issues with hearing, and he was subjected to Agent Orange in Vietnam, and he's trying to get 100% uh, disabled if he can. means a lot more in terms of benefits not only for him, but also for his wife if he's gone. That's right. That's right, because anything 30% or above, the wife is included in that particular compensation for the, uh, for the, for the benefits. Okay. And one thing I wanted to add to what Tenny just said concerning the dates, under the Chapter 115 program, which is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a state program, peacetime veterans are also available. You did not have to serve during war. And that's, no, very, that's, that's, important that, to know. that's very important to know because at one time, this changed about 14 or 15 years ago, and a lot of people still are not aware of that. You know, but if you, if you served any time for six months or more, not including training, then you're probably eligible. That's, that's very helpful. Thank you. And I think the most important message today, besides remembering to remember what Memorial Day is all about, is if you are a veteran or you're married to a veteran, or a dependent of a veteran, remember to make sure that you take the time to find out what all the benefits are that you're entitled to. Because if not, it's, it's on you. It's not on people like Jim Cochran who do a wonderful job in finding all the benefits that you're entitled to. And every city in town, as we said, has its own veterans agent. Uh, former House Speaker uh, John Boehner said, spending time with America's soldiers is always inspiring. And Norman Schwarzkopf, very famous uh, general, said, it takes a hero to be one of those men who goes into battle. And John Doolittle, remember him? Doolittle's Rangers. Um, uh, he led the famous uh, air assault over Japan during World War II at a time when they didn't have enough fuel to make the trip all the way back. And they knew they weren't going to make it all the way back. And uh, He led uh, Doolittle's uh, raid. He said, America's veterans have served their country with the belief that democracy and freedom are ideals to be upheld around the world. And my last quotation for today, Tenny, will be Douglas MacArthur. Do you know who Douglas MacArthur was? The commander in the Pacific. He said, I shall return. He also had some wonderful things to say about the Marines, but I won't give that quote right now. Douglas MacArthur said, the soldier above all others prays for peace for it is the soldier who must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. Uh, great man. Well, as we close on the day before Memorial Day, I just want to say this is your country. These are folks who have died in service of their country, to their country. These are the folks that we want to remember. 
So thank a vet, absolutely, but also remember a vet on Memorial Day. And take the time to visit the graves, take the time to listen to the ceremonies. Jim, I want to thank you again for your service, Jim Cochran. Uh, veterans agent from Fairhaven. You're quite welcome. Thank you, Ray, for your service. Navy veteran, thank you for being with us. You always have great information to provide. And Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance, thank you for being with us this morning to share some insight into programs that are available to help veterans. Well, I hope everyone enjoys a Memorial Day and somehow pays tribute to somebody who has given service to all of us. And thank you. To every veteran listening today, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be with you again next week on the radio. And uh, Ray, uh, thank you. Thank you, Jim, all of our veterans for loving this country as well as serving this country because it shows in everything that you do from your business to your family life. Thank you for truly being a real patriot in every respect. Ladies and gentlemen, join us again next week at this time from 8 to 9 o'clock right here on 1420 WBSM. This program has uh, turned out to be one of the most popular weekend shows on the radio, and that's because of you. Thank you for your loyalty, for tuning in. And once again, Ray, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Simply give us a call, 508-998-8858. Thank you for listening.